This is Points North, a show about the land, water, and inhabitants of the Upper Great Lakes. I'm Dan Wanshura. Cars kill more than 50,000 deer every year in Michigan. The carcasses might be claimed by the drivers, donated, or landfilled. But what happens to the ones that are left to decompose? Why don't we see rotting animals littering the landscape? Well, Cheryl Bartz of Red Pine Radio looked into it, and today she shares her audio journal. Where I live, in Binsey County, the Road Commission is responsible for dead deer along roads. I gave them a call and explained that I wanted a carcass to document the decomposition of deer. About a week later, they called me saying there was a dead deer I could pick up. It was early February of last year. It was a beautiful doe, unblemished except for two broken legs and a few coyote bites from the hind end. I moved it to a clearing at the back of my property and kept an audio journal of what I saw in the field and on the trail cams. Here are some highlights. Wednesday, February 3rd, the first morning. Okay, heading out to see what's happened during the night. From a distance, it doesn't look like it's been touched. Let's go see if there's any tracks. There were no tracks, and the trail cam hadn't captured anything. Two days later, we got 12 inches of snow, and for the next month, deep snow and single-digit temperatures kept wildlife away. Nevertheless, I went out every day to check for changes, but the titles I gave my audio clips say it all. No tracks. Again, nothing. More snow, no tracks. March 3rd, one month later. Finally, the temps rose above freezing during the day, and a bit of deer fur became visible through the snow. At last, there was something on the video. Two and a half hours of a single crow. March 6th. I went out today with low expectations, but when I looked at the trail cam clips, I was pleasantly surprised. Today at 12.30 a.m. What could that be? Oh, an opossum. (laughs) Oh, that is so cute. Apparently opossums don't leave tracks on icy snow. March 10th. I didn't see any new tracks, but clearly a lot of snow has melted. Everything is exposed on the top side, except the nose of the deer. All right, there's 84 pictures again. (gasps) A bald eagle. The eagle dined off and on for half an hour. Over the next week, crows, possums, skunks, and eagles took turns at the buffet. The intact deer hide was just too tough for them to penetrate. They all got to the meat through the wounds left by the coyote. March 16th. I woke up this morning to the sound of a lot of crows cawing. As I entered the clearing, I crossed some animal tracks. They were indistinct due to blowing snow, fairly close together and in a straight line. What the heck? It looks like something really happened here last night. It's like somebody dug around and covered it up with grass. Totally strange. Oh, please, camera, please, please have captured some pictures for me. I started looking at the trail cam visuals. Something is approaching. 
can't really tell. Oh, my gosh, it's a bobcat covering up the carcass. The bobcat stayed for two hours. In the morning, one crow tried to move a little bit of the debris from the carcass, but unsuccessful, flew away. So that cacophony I heard in the morning. Maybe it was the crows lamenting being locked out of their breakfast. For the next several days, the bobcat was at the carcass every few hours, sometimes rearranging the cover, once in a while eating, and often just sitting alertly. In the daytime shots, I could see how the bobcat's fur blends with the colors of a Michigan winter, bare, sandy earth, and dead grass. It has a black tip on its short tail, and the backs of its ears are black with distinctive white triangles in the middle. It's Thursday, March 18th. I'm going out right at the brightest part of the day because I have some trepidation about going out since that bobcat's been hanging out. And that is a tidy little pile. I'm saying that bobcat has done a bang-up job. It's like a green burial. Bobcats cover food to cache it. That's C-A-C-H-E, to hide or store food. Lots of animals and birds cache food. Like you or I might cache the last piece of cheesecake in the refrigerator behind a loaf of bread. Like all animals, the bobcat needs to maximize food intake and minimize energy expenditure. It's more efficient to just drive off possums and skunks with a snarl or bop of the paw than to try to catch and eat them and risk injury, according to a fur bearer specialist with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources. March 24th, eight days after the bobcat showed up. When I went out today, the carcass was gone, but then I saw drag marks and a glance around the field showed me that the cat had pulled the carcass 60 feet away. It was finding better cover for its food. Just looks like a pile of wet leaves. Oh, and one hoof. Well, I'm so disappointed. I'm so sorry to see this project winding down. Boy, was I wrong about that. Little did I know how much more there was to come. A week later, the skin is falling away. But it's really going back to nature. I'm binge-watching bobcat videos every evening. Oh my gosh. Two bobcats in this picture. One at the head, one at the tail. Nature is so amazing. Even though it's only April 4th, we've had some days over 80 degrees. But there's hardly any smell from the carcass. Most of the muscle and organs are gone. The bobcat hasn't shown up for two nights. Downy woodpeckers hammer away at the ribs. The fur has come loose from the skin and fallen in piles. Crows and turkey vultures pick through it and find tidbits to eat. May 12th. I didn't think the carcass held any more surprises, but when I went out today... Oh, no. It wasn't that windy. Why is my camera standing on the ground? Wow. The ribs are all gone. Sure hope the other camera caught something. What the heck knocked that over? 
buckle up. There's 300 videos to look at. Oh my gosh, it is a bear. The bear is standing up by the tree. Uh, it's taller than me. For over two hours, the bear mowed its way through the ribs, devouring them one by one like pretzel sticks. Its eyes glowed in the infrared light, and when the bear glanced at the camera, I felt like it was looking directly at me. After about 15 ribs, it turned and looked full on at the camera. Well, it's standing up. Oh my gosh. <gasps> oh. oh my God. It just attacked the camera. <laughs> Took my breath away. Oh, I gotta see that again. May 16th, a coyote showed up. It chewed on some bones and finally picked up an entire leg and carried it off. It came back in the daylight and ran off with a section of spinal column, then made three more quick trips carrying away the remaining legs. Finally, there was nothing left but a pile of fur and a few bone fragments. Now that I've witnessed the whole process, from a doe of about 120 pounds to just tufts of fur, I see that each creature played an important role. The nuthatch snatched fur for its nest. The mouse ate meat fragments too small for the bobcat. Insects ate membranes off bones. The bear and coyote ate the leftover bones. The deer is now part of all those beings who consumed it and transformed it from waste to new life. For Points North, I'm Cheryl Bartz. And to see videos of bobcats, bear, eagles, and a whole bunch of other critters helping recycle the deer, visit pointsnorthradio.org. You can check out past episodes of the show while you're there. That's it for Points North this week. We hope you rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, and have a great weekend. <laughs>